welcome to Passion Project, where we explore anything and everything to help you navigate the twists and turns of your career, one chat at a time. I'm Gabriella Parker, and today we're speaking to one of my favorite LinkedIn content creators, Sam Swirsky. Everyone messes up. I mess up, you know, all the time. I was looking at a post that I made yesterday, and I noticed the typo, and it had already been up for like eight hours. Nobody pointed it out. Nobody said like, well, I'm going to disconnect from you because, yeah. you know, you put a typo in your posts. With only 1% of LinkedIn users being proactive on the platform, there has literally never been a better time to start growing your personal brand. But it's hard and actually really scary to know where to start. Sam built from scratch not just a network on LinkedIn, but an engaged community that drives his content to be some of the most seen on the platform. He uses his page to offer LinkedIn advice and tips to people across the world, and I absolutely love chatting with him. Given Sam's just secured a new job purely because of the personal brand he's built on LinkedIn, this one is definitely more than worth listening to. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. We have a a mutual love of LinkedIn, which I don't know whether that's incredibly sad or brilliant, but I'm very excited to have this chat. It's a good thing. LinkedIn is the place to be if you're going to be on any social media platform um, and and spend your time. Um, LinkedIn is the right choice. I completely agree. I think it's an amazing community of people that just want to help each other. And now more than ever, it's it's an amazing opportunity, I think. There's so many people who sit on LinkedIn and don't do anything. They're completely passive. I read a stat the other day that only 1% of people are actually active on LinkedIn. That's crazy, the eyeballs that you then get on your content. Like if there's ever a time to be uh, proactive on LinkedIn, I think it's now. Yeah, you, you are absolutely right on that. Um, it's to, to be in the not top 1%, of any platform, um, I'm just not sure if there's another social media platform on the planet where mm. you could literally post once a week and start showing up in people's feeds more than 99% of the other people. Yeah, I mean, it was having this conversation just goes to show how incredible it is. Like I'm sat in the UK, you're sat in America. The only reason that we've even ended up knowing each other is LinkedIn. I think that just goes to show like the crazy reach that you can get. Oh, for sure. And it's one of those things where when I first started getting on LinkedIn and people were like talking about, oh, networking and, you know, you network with people. I kind of had the feeling that it was kind of a fantasy, that it yeah. wasn't real, that, well, OK, you talk with people on LinkedIn, but you never really become friends. But I have made so many genuine friendships mm. from my time on LinkedIn. It is um, it is well, well worth it. I'm exactly the same. Some of my very best friends now I met on the platform um, and I have, oh, I've got so much to be thankful for when it comes to LinkedIn. And that's why I wanted to have this chat with you because there's so much that I think people can do and utilize on LinkedIn that will benefit them personally, um, but also mm -hmm. professionally. And I've seen you grow so much and flourish on LinkedIn. And now to the point where I think you're a bit LinkedIn famous, Sam. I I don't know. I think I've connected with some some great people, and people have just uh, been very generous with their time with me. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't even have that many followers. I only have 
1700 or 1800 followers or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like what I tell people all the time is your follower count doesn't near matter nearly as much as your engagement. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll see people who have 10,000 followers and they'll post, um, something and get a couple of likes and a couple of comments and it's, um, and even people with far, far more than that, um, that engagement is the most important thing to anyone look who doesn't understand LinkedIn looking in, they may see, Oh, you have, you know, 10,000, a hundred thousand, whatever followers, you must be really important, but mm. you can get up to 30,000 followers just by connecting to random people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, anyone can do that. You can get on an engagement pod or something and you can do that. But what people don't realize is that it really, really hurts their engagement to not have engaged followers on LinkedIn. Mm. Completely. I think for me, when things really started taking off was when I went from not just posting all of the time, but to being active in terms of commenting on other people's content. And that's really where um, it changed the game for me. Oh, sure. That's that's crazy important because um, I'll go on people's profiles and like, OK, well, are they active? And they're posting once or twice a week. But then I'll go over to their, you know, the all activity section and they're not engaging on anyone else's mm. content. And, you know, I don't think it's always this malicious thing where people don't want to add value, but they just, um, I don't think they understand how the platform works. Mm. And um, it's also, if you engage with other people, it becomes so much more of an enjoyable place. You don't, yeah. you know, if, if your own content isn't taking off right away, well, it doesn't matter so much because you're finding new people to connect with and making friends. And there's so many other benefits to LinkedIn besides just having a post that gets a lot of views or something. Completely. And I think that it's give and take and you should give more than you take. Um, And I think that's definitely a um, a winning formula for LinkedIn. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Even just posting, you know, um, going on people's feeds and and commenting, I, I would say, I don't know if there's a magic number, um, but I think that if you can do 10 to maybe 15 comments a day, mm. then um, then that'll really help. I'll get asked questions from people sometimes and I'll ask that um, they're asking about how to improve their their LinkedIn reach and everything. And I'll ask, well, how many comments are you doing a day? Not on your own, not responding to your comments on your own yeah. post, but re- doing comments on other people's posts and I'll kind of get the answer like oh you know three to five which is not bad that's still much more active than most people but if you can just bump it up up Mm. a little bit to around 10 or 12 or something like that it makes a huge difference yeah and I think that the interesting thing with that is that that's literally 10 minutes work like that doesn't take you hours no no it doesn't it's quick you can you can get it done pretty quickly and and you can even be pretty strategic about it and not um, not rely um, 100% on your feed. Um, if, you, if you know who the people are that comment on your post the most, then keep them in mind and go over and, you know, show them a little love back yeah. and comment on their posts. And then also um, figure out some of the, maybe some of the bigger names on LinkedIn that are in um, fields that are similar to yours. And go and post on some of some of uh, go and comment on some of their posts, and they won't always respond, but you'll mm. get some visibility just from posting on their content. 
massively it's all about getting out of your current network I guess isn't it and getting seen um by the broader LinkedIn community oh for sure and uh I'm I'm I have enough first connections now that most of the time if somebody is a second connection um most of the time someone's a second connection if if I'm seeing them active on, on LinkedIn and everything but occasionally I'll see someone who has, you know, like a thousand followers and their third connection. Mm. And um, I try to be pretty proactive about reaching out and connecting with those people because they're, they're able to open up a whole new network of people that, yeah. that I'm not connected with, which um, is becoming more and more rare, but it's, it's uh, something that I, I think you should look out for. Definitely. Um, so before we go into all of your great hints and tips, which I think you'll have loads of. Um, I'd love to actually know your journey. So I know you from seeing you being quite big on LinkedIn, but you obviously will have started somewhere. Sure. What what made you decide to start being proactive on LinkedIn? Like what's the story of how you got here? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I, about a year and a half or two years ago, um, I had was brand new to LinkedIn. I've only been on LinkedIn for a couple of years now. And um, I just kind of decided I'm going to just start improving my profile and posting. And I think I wrote like one article and um, not nearly the activity that I'm doing nowadays, but I said, let's just, let's just see how this goes. Let me mm-hmm. just see if something will work out and a family, an old family friend noticed that that I was working harder on LinkedIn and hired me, um, for a few months to work on her, um, LinkedIn business and profile and, and everything like that. So I got a little job out of it. Yeah. And then I didn't do anything on LinkedIn for quite a while longer. Um, just, just, you know, posting every once, every couple of weeks, uh, kind of minimal engagement. And then about three and a half months ago, I was thinking, you know, I think I would like to kind of give this another go Mm. and start posting on LinkedIn more frequently. And, um, I was, um, on a trip actually. And I was, I kind of, I'll do little experiments on LinkedIn where I'll, I'll try something that I don't think anyone's tried before Mm. just to see kind of how it works. And I went on, um, some people's profiles, some, some more well-known people on LinkedIn and I thought, well, what if I go all the way down to the bottom of their profile? I mean, all the way down to the bottom yeah. of their, their posting section. And so I'd scroll for like 10, 15 minutes sometimes <laughs> and find that a lot of people um, who are, you know, much more well-known, Bob McIntosh, um, Justin Welsh, people like that, started um, posting with not very much traction for a really long time. Yeah. And I think it's kind of that idea where you see someone famous on LinkedIn, it's easy to think they've been famous on LinkedIn forever, Yeah. but they haven't been, they had to start somewhere. So I said, okay, I'm going to kind of write an article based on this and just kind of track how long it took these famous people on LinkedIn to get traction and and to gain an audience. And so I made that article and it, and it took off you know, not, not any crazy numbers. And in fact, I looked at the numbers the other day and it's didn't take off nearly as much as, as some of my more recent posts, but it was kind of my first taste of like, okay, this is, this is something big. I can get some, some kind of, um, notice from this. And I just decided I'm going to post every day after that. And I've been posting for, um, about 116 days in a row so far. Wow. 
um, and it has definitely paid off. It definitely has. And I, there's two things that I love in that story. One is that through doing something on LinkedIn, you got a job because one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give people to give to people looking for a job is to use LinkedIn and use LinkedIn as a platform to show yourself as being an, an expert in something and things will come to you. And you are absolute evidence of that, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, I, I had posted for like 90 days straight. That was kind of my first goal. And then, um, you know, I was like at 90 days, I'm going to reassess and see if I want to keep going. Mm. And I didn't even really think about it. I was like, I'm just going to keep going, even though professionally, not much had happened for me. I, mm. you know, I was gaining an audience and everything, but I was like, I'm just going to keep pushing on this. And then about a week after I decided to kind of keep going at past 90 days, I got two different job offers wow. um, that were just organic through LinkedIn, um, mm. you know, friend of a friend and, and people who had kind of um, been, been watching my content. In fact, um, one of the people um, I, like I said, I, I had posted that article on LinkedIn and one of the people was Justin Welsh and his wife, Jennifer actually reached out to me wow. and talked to me. And um, I am now the community manager for their online community audience and income that is incredible it just goes to show what can be achieved by being consistent on LinkedIn and you said something about looking back at you know people that are big now and, and seeing how long it took them I think that is is the big thing for people to know this doesn't happen overnight and you have to you have to post about things you care about to have enough motivation mm -hmm. to keep going because if you don't enjoy doing it you will stop and you won't get to the point where you get the amazing success that you've had oh, um well, but you, you have to you have to be consistent and you've got to show up even when you think nothing's happening well it it, it was one of those things where um I, I had changed my niche on LinkedIn or, or my heading probably about 10 times <laughs> And I, I'd, I'd post on something for a couple of weeks and I'd get bored of it and say, okay, well, I got to choose like another niche. It was just this really frustrating experience. And um, when I started posting kind of on my 90 day challenge, I decided, you know, I'm not, I'm just not going to choose a niche right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to post whatever I want to post about and just kind of um, not worry about it. And it was one of those things where it, my niche eventually evolved and like chose me more mm -hmm. than me choosing my niche because I had, I had looked back at one point and, and saw the last 10 posts that I've made have all been about LinkedIn and building community. And it was just this very natural way that I'm like, Oh, I guess I know what my niche is now. Yeah. And uh, I, I was thinking you might kind of understand a little bit about how that flexibility works and, and, and changing something kind of based off of your work with the talent foundry, mm -hmm. you, know, you started off, you know, in, in recruiting, right. Yeah. And then you transitioned to be more of a consultant. I'd love to hear kind of about your journey with all of that. So really similar, actually, it happened completely organically, um, and all because of LinkedIn. So, um, I set up a recruitment agency. I always knew that I didn't want to be your typical recruitment agent. So mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to, to flip the recruitment agency model on its head. 
and be much more candidate focused. So I'd worked in recruitment before where there was no focus on candidates and it, it was, sure. you know, just not the right kind of environment for me. And it, 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 I didn't like the way that it was approached. So when I set up, I knew I wanted to be different. I also set up in the middle of the pandemic. So what you've got is a situation oh. where loads of candidates, absolutely no jobs. Um, yeah. And I just knew that I could really help people. And I was in a really fortunate position where I didn't need to make money in my business straight away. Um, I, I know that's coming from a, a position of privilege, but I had some savings in the bank. Um, I, I wasn't desperate to make my first fee. So I followed my heart and decided that I was just going to help people. And that's why I started posting on LinkedIn, um, giving tips to people who were out of work. That turned into me giving up a day a week to do free CV writing, um, which, as you can imagine, snowballed. And I had everybody who was out of work wanted me to help, which just wasn't possible because there's only one of me and so many hours in the day. Sure. And then all these different facets of my business were born. So that's why I launched the podcast is because I wanted to help more people. Like I wanted to scale it and be able to talk to more people. And because the work that I was doing on LinkedIn, I had people out of work asking me if they could pay me for me to write their mm -hmm. CV, which I very stupidly turned down for a really long time. I think it was definitely imposter syndrome, but sure, um, sure. I was, uh, yeah, I said no to many people and I, I do apologize for that. But um, yeah, I, I then started doing that as a service and then companies started approaching me as well and asking me to help them with their internal employee engagement, how they go to market, to, to hire people, because what I post about a lot is employee engagement and actually what goes on in businesses. So, um, you know, somebody's got, a company's got values. Does it really mean that all of those values are, are brought to life all of the time? Um, and there's many things that I could rant about for a very long time, but um, it's most of my content on LinkedIn, to be honest. But that content meant that companies started approaching me, people started approaching me, and it got to the point where I just didn't really have time for the recruitment stuff. So. A few months ago, I actually mothballed the recruitment business, and now I'm kind of a um, strategic consultant by day and a career coach by night. That is amazing. That that's amazing that you were able to transition like that. I think a lot of people uh, in a lot of businesses, and and to no fault of their own, um, throughout this last year and a half or so, um, you know, the pandemic hit, and it's like, okay, we can't do what we're doing mm. we don't know how to tr transition and unfortunately they just closed down yeah. and so you when you started in the pandemic you had all of this crazy stuff going on you were um you know generating massive value because you were you were helping people for free you were showing people that you actually care that was more than just you know making a dollar mm. and then you were able to transition that into what you have now and have a thriving business and i think that's that's just amazing it's, um, it's something I'm incredibly proud of, but I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that you've just got to be passionate about something. Like if you have a passion, follow it. And I can't tell you what the end result will be, but I can tell you that good things will happen along the way. And I think that's a, a wonderful life lesson for me to have learned. Sure. No, I, I completely agree. When I started posting on LinkedIn, you know, a few months ago, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to make anything from this. My goal is simply just going to be to encourage people and help people as much as I can. Hmm. Um, and it, 
it was one of those things where I think you think in your head, well, I have to choose a niche that's naturally profitable or it's not going to work. And so people, Mm -hmm. people trade their passion for what they think is going to be profitable. Yeah. And it, it just makes people miserable in the end. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you have to realize that there's, you know, there's billions of people on this planet. The, The idea that you cannot make a living from literally anything you're doing is, is really not true. Um, so I just, um, was being as encouraging as I could and didn't choose a niche for a while. And it just naturally turned out into different opportunities Hmm. that I never saw coming, but it it was such a blessing just to kind of, um, be involved with it all and, and have people, um, number one, look, look out and, and see that I had some value with some of my soft skills. Mm. That's something that I want to encourage some of your audience in is that if you have these soft skills that you've built up in your life, that you're encouraging, that you're empathetic, the, the landscape is changing in business where businesses are starting to understand and appreciate that. And it's very, very exciting. A number of years ago, I was looking into recruiting because I love talking about jobs. I love, um, you know, helping people find new careers. And even though that's not always necessarily the, the side of um, recruiting, you're more representing the, the, uh, the business than you are um, the person. Oftentimes, I, I was very interested uh, in that as a, as a career. But I started looking into it, in, into it and I discovered, okay, it's, it's really more just about checking off these boxes that somebody is technically qualified mm. and it's not really finding out who they are as a person and if they fit yep. in with company culture. And so at that time I decided I'm just not interested in this for now. And in the last several months I've been seeing just on LinkedIn and I'm ch- connected with um, lots of recruiters somehow on LinkedIn. <laughs> it was <laughs> completely by accident. Um, but Joel Laugi will often kind of post um, if, if I'm sure some of your audience knows who he is. He's, he's big in the recruiting world. Um, just about kind of this new type of recruiting where people, where companies actually care about, you know, the personalities and, and who their, um, employees are as a person. I thought Mm. this is something that I'm interested in. This is something that I could get into. And, um, because of LinkedIn, because through a connection on LinkedIn, um, I was talking on somebody's post and, mentioned that I was interested in recruiting. He reached out to a friend and I'm starting next Monday, actually, um, as a um, um, business um, development uh, representative for a recruiting firm called Vault Recruiting. That's incredible. You've actually made me lost for words, which is, is quite difficult to do, Sam, if I'm honest. Like you are showing my audience exactly what you can get in terms of results from LinkedIn. For me, LinkedIn is the number one platform for getting a job, but not on the job boards. For me, not on the job board. Not on the job boards. It's all about showing who you are. And I think you hit the nail on the head. In the pandemic, what's happened is there's been a shortage of jobs and lots of candidates. So companies have been in a position where they've got 400 CVs for one job that they're recruiting for. So what they're doing is going, well, they are going to get them to do everything on the job description because why not? Because I've got all of these options, which makes it very, very hard for people to stand out. Now, actually 
somebody with less experience on the job description but a certain soft skill set could be significantly better at that job than somebody who ticks all of the boxes so I worked out quite quickly that if people can show who they are and not just what they do but how they do it it will make them stand out and that's a lot of the work that I've been doing with people to get a job and LinkedIn is the place to do that I, I am so glad to hear that that is one of your main focuses so that every time I'm talking to somebody, um, because people reach out to me for all kinds of things on LinkedIn, whether it's kind of my niche or not, and people talk to me about jobs fairly frequently. So now mm-hmm. I can kind of send them your way and say, well, go talk to Gabriella. She's, she'll be able to help you kind of figure out how to use your, your soft skills. It's a very exciting new age mm-hmm. um, for people, if, if they can realize that, that their soft skills, do that that they've been building up their whole lives, that they put just as much work into as anyone building hard skills, mm-hmm. that those soft skills can get you a job. And, and it's not just that they'll get you a job, it's an inc- incredibly valuable asset to a company. If you display your soft skills, you're more likely to end up working for a company where your values meet which actually means that you're probably going to work for a business that you love more and you'll stay there longer. And it's win-win for you and the company because, you know, lots of companies now are talking about building culture. And for me, that's about recruiting people rather than recruiting experience. You'll have had quite a journey with working out your USP, I'm guessing. I love to hear about that because, um, you know, somebody's unique selling point is, exactly um what will make them stand out on LinkedIn so I'd love to know how you got to the point of working out what your content is so that we can help others do the same well I would say the most important thing is just to get started just it just get started and post um you know I think the goal of posting every day is pretty good a lot of my friends are on on LinkedIn post every weekday so Monday through Friday and it's one of those things where people are terrified because they think, well, what if I post something and everyone hates it or somehow I mess up on my grammar or whatever? Yeah. And it's not, it's not that big of a deal. You know, there's there every day there's millions of posts on LinkedIn and, um, you know, it, it, everyone messes up. I mess up, you know, all the time. I was looking at a post that I made yesterday and I noticed the typo and it had already been up for like eight hours. Nobody pointed it out. Nobody said like, well, I'm going to disconnect from you because, yeah. you know, you put a typo in your posts. So I would say number one, just start posting. And um, some people will already kind of know this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to post about. Mm-hmm. And for other people um, like myself, I the problem is not that I can't choose a niche the, the problem is that I'm passionate about a hundred different things. Yeah. And so choosing one of those things to post about is most difficult. Um, I had kind of learned that lesson of just start posting and your, your own style. You'll, you have to kind of discover your own style. I was, I have been watching, or I had been watching a YouTube channel called super Carlin brothers. And I remember one of their videos was about that, uh, they, they post a lot about um, movies and Pixar and cartoons and that kind of thing. And that kind of became their niche. But for a while, they didn't have a niche. They just kind of made random, you know, videos. But after, t- after a while, over time, their audience gravitated towards mm-hmm. certain things that they were posting about. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I can do that. I can just post about whatever. And over time, I'll kind of have a better understanding of my own style. 
of what I want to post about. It, it's, it's not the end of the world if you can't figure out what you want to do today. Give mm-hmm. yourself a month or two and you'll kind of discover um, what you are most passionate about and what you want to post about um, the most. Sometimes people have something they're really passionate about, but they don't have that much knowledge in it. So you kind of have to match the two. Yeah. You have to choose something you're passionate about and you have to choose something that you actually know something about and that you're willing to continue doing research on. Mm. And I think that actually what I found, because I went on a similar journey that I just decided to post and I posted whatever kind of came to me within limits, obviously it's a professional networking site, but um, I was posting whatever really came to me. And what I quickly found out was that when I posted about something that was really personal to me or I really cared about, the engagement that I got was massive compared to something where I probably overly tried in terms of what I was writing. And very, very quickly, I realized that I had to just be me with what I was writing, because when I write as me, my writing style is better. Like I naturally write better when I'm very genuine about what I'm posting, but it resonated with people. And I'm very, very pleased that I learned that so quickly because that's become part of my personal brand. I think that I say it how it is and I'm quite honest and personal. Yeah, I, I feel like I should be on the other end of the microphone interviewing you for LinkedIn tips because you've got it down. Um, that genuineness and that authenticity, you know, they're, they're kind of buzzwords. And sometimes mm. people think that it it means to act in a certain way that's maybe not representing yourself. And, and it's just, don't overthink it. It's just representing who you are as a person. And even sometimes if it hurts a little bit, mm. you know, if you're thinking I'm revealing something about myself that maybe doesn't look perfect, right? Because our social media, we all want to look perfect all the time and show people that we have perfect lives. And that's just not the case. And everyone, I think, kind of understands that, that that's, and I'll see comments about that pretty frequently, even Mm -hmm. on my own post. Well, social media, nobody represents their true selves or in social media, it's all fake. And um, sometimes I'll even uh, kind of talk to those people and, um, and, and just be gentle because they're, they're not, it's not that they're, ang- it's not that they are angry at me. Hmm. They're angry about this system that, you know, for the most part is true. And, and I'll try to say, look, you know, I, I'm trying to be very genuine with hmm. what I'm doing. And I know other people are as well. And occasionally I'll have people kind of come out of their shell a little bit and um, start engaging in the community. And that is what I absolutely love to see is that, oh, hey, I can be a genuine person, I can show my true self, mm-hmm. and people will appreciate me um, for for who I am and what I bring to the table. And that's that's LinkedIn. That's LinkedIn. It's it's difficult to bring that um, out in any other platform, but mm. LinkedIn's the place to be for that. I think the posts that I see that have the best engagement are when somebody's done something really brave and bared their soul a little bit. So um, I've got experience of this. I shared a post about. Um, my experience with my mental health um, and the fact that I'd had a mental breakdown and how I recovered from that and the engagement was incredible um, in terms of yes in terms of um, likes and comments but it was more what people were saying and how supportive people were I had direct messages from people that I'd known for years who messaged me saying thank you so much for posting that a similar thing happened to me and I've never dared 
say anything and it's really inspirational that you did that and I hope one day I'm brave enough to do the same and these are really senior people that I've known for years and you just wouldn't wow. have a clue and for me the, the day I posted that was a game changer for me I was like yes I work for myself so there's no risk that I'm going to lose my job because I don't care about that and I can't sack myself um and I and I understand that people have reservations about posting those kind of things because their employer might see it because unfortunately we still live in a world where there's discrimination about certain things um but I, I would say to be brave because you inspire people but also I think bearing your soul shows people who you are and then people want to know you right like if you show who you are as a person people you know want to work with you they want to be friends with you that's where the magic happens I think on LinkedIn absolutely absolutely uh it, it's one of those things where I, I think probably similar um circumstances you sometimes you know I'll just be going through I'll be responding to my comments and I try to respond to every comment I think that's important even if I'm like a week behind mm-hmm. or two sometimes um but sometimes I'll read a comment that somebody has posted to encourage me and I just have to kind of step away from the keyboard for a moment mm-hmm. and just kind of take it in and and breathe and say, wow, this person has just like so impacted me that that you're like physically moved about it. And that's an incredible experience um, once you have that happen. And it just creates these these tight bonds with people that you yeah. were willing to, to bear your soul a little bit but then they were willing to sh- share a little bit of themselves and and say something that maybe isn't always you know super professional but it it's heartfelt and it's meaningful completely and i love that people are encouraging you because you are doing great things and you're helping loads of people and you should keep going oh well thank you i i really appreciate that <laughs> i'd love to drill down more if we can in terms of your journey and the lessons you've learned along the way. So at the beginning, you talked about uh, looking back at people who are now famous on LinkedIn and seeing how long it took them to get there. What other things have you learned along the way um, that would be useful for people starting out their journey on LinkedIn? Sure. Um, one thing I want to tell people, um, I kind of, my kind of my first niche that I think, not niche, but something that that I think kind of helped kind of brand me is right on my headline. It says free encouragement. It's the first thing that I have. It was kind of the first thing that I wrote at the beginning of all of this. And I don't think I'll ever take it down now because it's kind of what people kind of associate um, me with. But encouragement is one of those things where everyone on the planet needs it. And so no matter what you're posting about, no matter what your niche is, you know, it could be landscape design or medical administration or, or whatever it is. Um, if you can be that kind of that motivating voice, that encourager, that people, yes, they're coming to you for specific, you know, industry knowledge, but they're also coming because they just need to pick me up in their day. Yeah. Um, I, I would encourage everyone to, to uh, um, use that in, in their LinkedIn um, posting and kind of their personality. You do a great job of it, obviously um with with everything that you're posting and I think a lot of people do um do on do that on LinkedIn but it's a mindfulness if you can just be mindful of it and and think okay well how can I have um even as you're developing your own personal style and writing style 
just how do I have that encouragement tone in my posts so that people can feel um, kind of encouraged and motivated by whatever I'm posting. Mm. I, I would say that's a big thing. I think that's so wonderful as well, because really we've got no idea what's going on in people's lives outside of LinkedIn. And most people won't share the bad things that are happening and to get a message from somebody that says that they're doing really well with their content or good luck in an interview or whatever that is can just be that light in somebody's day that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think kindness is an incredibly wonderful thing and it's so needed in the world as human beings we need kindness all of the time but LinkedIn gives us a platform to do this not just with the people that we meet on the street but with everybody in the world pretty much so uh, I really really love that you do that and I think it's a fantastic tip because it's a it's a great tip for being a great human but it also means that um you know you can do great stuff on LinkedIn too Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, but talking about, uh, just having a goal and, and whether it's sending out a certain number of connection requests a day, which I don't think is a good idea to mass do it, do it by mass. Yeah. But if people are coming by and commenting on your posts, take some time and recognize that if somebody's taking their time out of their day to put, to comment on your posts, especially if they're doing it frequently, that's a person that you want in your network. Yeah. Um, don't, don't be thinking, well, I'll wait for them to send me a, po- a, um, a connection request because I'm a big, important person on LinkedIn. Um, we're all just people on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a social media platform. I just made a post about this yesterday um, where I, I talked about a, a little bit embarrassingly that I used to have kind of this attitude for a little bit of time where, well, I'll wait for people to send me a connection request and I don't want to send them a connection request. Yeah. And that's so dumb. That's so dumb because... Um, your value as a human being does not change, you know, one little bit based on, you know, how well you're doing on a social media platform. Yeah. So if I see someone who has 105 followers, but they're con- commenting on my content that they're, they're posting, they're engaging on LinkedIn, that's someone that I want in my network. Yeah. And I'm going to send out a personalized invite. I only send out personalized invites to that person and say, I really appreciate you. Will you please yeah. join my community? And so having a little bit of humility there to recognize that um, that everyone is, is just, when people are just starting out on LinkedIn, it doesn't show anything about them as a person. You know, somebody could be the CEO of a multi-million, you know, dollar company and have, and be new on LinkedIn and only have a few hundred followers. That yeah, get in, get in early, get in early and join up with some of these people. And um, you'll make solid friendships that way of where you're growing together, you're kind of at the same level in LinkedIn. And um, uh, just being able to recognize that people's um, value doesn't come from just what they post on LinkedIn. But you can tell a lot about the character of a person by especially how they comment, I would say. A hundred percent. I also think that the flip side is true with this. You know, I think for a long time, I didn't um, send requests to people because I thought they wouldn't accept them. And I had like this fear of rejection um, that why on earth would they want to connect with me? And I was probably silly for reaching out to them because they were senior or well-known or had loads of followers. Um, And I would definitely say that 
don't ever look at somebody and think that they're better than you in any way especially when it comes to if you're connecting with somebody because they've engaged with your content you've got something in common why would you not want to then have you in your your feed yeah yeah for sure uh it's it's one of those things we get into our own heads Mm -hmm. and we start to overthink it and um you know every every person that i follow on linkedin i intend to send a connection request to and sometimes it's okay, I don't have much time right now. So I'm just going to follow this person as a reminder that I'm going to send a connection request to them. Um, But it's, um, I would really uh, tell people that look out for anyone who's active on LinkedIn, especially for a couple of reasons. Um, Number one, it's going to help your engagement on LinkedIn. If, If you are connected to a lot of people who are not active on LinkedIn, I'm going to nerd out for a minute here on LinkedIn that the LinkedIn algorithm shows your posts to kind of a selection of your audience in the first hour. And based on how your post does in that first hour, it then decides whether or not to keep promoting it to the LinkedIn community. So if you're connected to mostly inactive people on LinkedIn, when it shows your content to those people and they don't respond or do anything, LinkedIn's going to say, okay, well, um, they're not really that interested in this content. So we're not going to push it out. Um, So that's number one reason um, have active connections. And number two, having engaged people in your LinkedIn community makes it so much easier to build those connections, those genuine connections. And you don't have to worry about, I don't want to say wasting time because every person, you know, is, is a valuable person, but LinkedIn's not the place to be connected to inactive people. That's what Facebook is for. If you want to disconnect from some people, you know, you can, you can still copy their, their LinkedIn URL. You can still visit them and everything. But unfortunately, just because of the way the algorithm works, if you're connected to people who are inactive, um, then it's going to significantly hinder um, the reach of your posts. Yeah. And I would also say, look out for people all around the world to connect to. Some people I know look specifically just within their own country um, of people to connect with. But if you have someone who's being, who's active, who's engaging on your content, um, who is a positive voice on LinkedIn, Mm. why not connect with that person? Yeah. And we also now live in a world where you can work remotely from anywhere. So there's absolutely nothing to say that you connect with somebody in America and actually there's a potential job that you could have like you know the world has opened up now it was happening before coronavirus but certainly after like there are no limits in terms of how we all work now oh for sure and I I was on uh, a uh, I was looking at someone's profile just the other day and I think they live in the UK but they have I think they live in the UK but they have a business that they run in like Dubai and I was wow. like, oh, you don't even like you don't even have to live. You can yeah. literally run a business in another country from another country. And um, it actually helps out with the with your your reach as well, because as you are as you post on LinkedIn and it goes time zone to time zone mm-hmm. as people are active, then it can kind of get picked up um, even overnight. Yeah, I have I have a ton of connections specifically in India and in China as well. Um, and for some, it was at first, it was, you know, kind of unintentional and, 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 but now as I post, 
um, and it gets to nighttime right around 10 or 11 p.m. It's morning there. Yeah. So people wake up, they're they're checking out their LinkedIn feed. And uh, if you're only connected with people in your own country, then there's a very good chance that your post is only going to have like a, a live time of mm. four to six hours or so. Yeah. Um, so if you want it to kind of pick up and even keep going the next day, mm-hmm. um, definitely connect with people from other time zones. And do you always post at the same time of day? Have you got like a formula for that? No, I do not. I do not have a formula for that. Um, from everything I've read, if you live, I think specifically in the United States, the best and and the vast majority of your connections are in the United States. Mm-hmm. The best time to post is about from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Okay. in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I have connections from all from all over the world. About yeah. probably about 40% of my connections are not in the United States, which you know, for someone in the United States, that's actually a very large percentage mm. um, of people to be connected with, you know, from all over the world. And so I will intentionally post, like I said, at like 10 p.m. at night sometimes, because I know my Indian audience and my China audience yeah. are going to pick up on that. And and I I kind of like to to help them out in that sense that sometimes they get to be the first people to comment and post, Yeah, which, you know may sound a little vain that I'm so important that I want them to be able to comment or post or something um, first. But I think, I think they, I think people around the world appreciate it. So I post at all random times during the day. Yeah. And I think, I think it can help and I think it can hurt. It just kind of depends on, on your audience and where they are. Mm, I've played around with it. When I first started posting, I always, I actually used to do it through Buffer. So it was like auto scheduled to go. Um, and it was always at, I think it was 8.45 that I did it. And then I decided that I wanted to write my post and post it as it happened. And actually it's then more in the moment. So it could be any time of day. And I haven't seen a huge difference in terms of the engagement that I'm getting. So I'm I'm not entirely sure, sure there is a, a magic formula. Yeah, it, the the main thing is just being engaged on the platform mm-hmm. and being genuine. And I love studying all the different um, kind of uh, LinkedIn, you know, little tips and everything and coming up with some of my own because it's fun to me. It's, it's something that I really enjoy, but it's, it's not, if you knew nothing about the LinkedIn algorithm and you just posted consistently engaged with people and were encouraging, then that would do far more than someone who knows everything about the LinkedIn algorithm and doesn't have any passion or genuineness in their posts. Mm. I I got a bit obsessed for a while with the LinkedIn algorithm like I was out of curiosity I think I was just desperate to know how it worked and I am 100% sure that that obsession with the algorithm negatively affected my LinkedIn oh yeah I I could believe it's a it's a black hole like it's the rabbit hole that you go in and and nobody knows how it works um you can't there's some people who who know better than others and I would recommend people to follow them. Andy Foote, I really recommend. Um, Mark Williams, Karen Tisdell. If you're if you're looking for LinkedIn tips, um, I would encourage you to to go and check out all of their profiles. Um, people people call me a LinkedIn expert all the time. Uh, I would say I'm more of a LinkedIn. I hate I I hate to use the word expert for myself, but I I I know much more about uh, kind of building community on LinkedIn. And and uh, kind of more of that aspect of making yeah. sure that that your uh, that your 
connections, your audience, whoever it is, feels valued, that, that they recognize that they're just as important to building this little community on LinkedIn yeah. as anything that you're actually posting. And for me, I actually think that that is the magic formula for LinkedIn. I think if you overly focus on trying to get a job or trying to get seen or getting so many likes or so many followers, that isn't where the magic happens. And actually, if you can build a community and want to help people, good things just happen. Sure, sure. I do want to share a special LinkedIn tip that I and some of my friends developed that I have not seen anyone else use. Oh, I feel really just privileged. for your listeners. I uh, love this. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so here's what it is. It's about the hashtags. Um, number one, if you should use hashtags on your post and you should go to Andy Foote's top 100 hashtags um, post that he has on his profile. I go to it for literally every post I do is the top 100 okay. hashtags. But about personalized hashtags, I'm sure many people out there have tried to use their own personalized hashtags and to try to get that traction going. I tried a couple of different times and it's a grind. It takes forever. So what I did, well, what myself and some of my um, friends on LinkedIn did is we formed a little group and all, I think that there's four of us and we all use the same hashtag. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to say it on air because I don't want people to go and potentially hijack it please yeah okay Uh, because anyone can just use a hashtag but the way the hashtags work is when you when you make your own hashtag and somebody follows it it pops up in your feed right yes it pops up in that person's feed that's following it now if a thousand people are using the same hashtag well that overloads the system yeah and there's no there's no way that it can show that many posts and Mm -hmm. now if there's a ton of people following it following that hashtag then it'll still work but it's not a personal hashtag. It's, yeah. it'll, they'll, they'll get content from random people all over the place. So if you can have a small group of people that you um, get along with really well, and, and it doesn't have to be um, even necessarily people in similar fields, although it can, but just some kind of general hashtag. Mm-hmm. I post at the bottom of most of my posts, I say, follow me at this hashtag. If you go to, and look at my post, you'll see what it is. Yeah. Um, but we have four of us in the group and I think we've only had it for about three weeks and we just passed up um, 40 followers on that hashtag now. Wow. That's which amazing. is actually not bad. Yeah. I think it's really good. And actually that's a really great tip for job seekers. So I think anybody who's on LinkedIn, who's looking for a job, there's a massive power in building a community with other people who are looking for a job. So a support network and having virtual coffees with people and encouraging each other and checking in and seeing how it's going because looking for a job is really hard work and it can be really demotivating. So building that support network around you is amazing. If you then start to work together on something like that, that's even more power. For sure. And and I, I'm doing a shameless plug here if that's okay do it, do it. um but if, if you're interested in building your brand online if you're interested in kind of making some you know both active and passive income from you know coaching services or maybe writing a course or whatever i would really encourage you to look out the a and i that's the audience and income community with justin and jennifer welsh um they have a discord forum that they work on and a few other websites and it's all of these creators just coming together 
in figuring out, okay, well, how can I take my idea and turn it into actual income for myself? And so it's kind of uh, some of the top players on LinkedIn are there. And if you kind of want to be a part of the group, you should, yeah. you should go and check out the audience and income. Well, that's really cool because lockdown gave everybody lots of time to start <laughs> doing more things with their hobbies. So I know there's lots of different people now that have got a, a passion project um, that would love to actually turn that into a reality. So I think that'd be really useful. Yeah. And uh, just being able to take, okay, I, I've been thinking about this forever, right? People have this goal. I've been working on this course, um, just getting it done, just yeah. saying, you know what, I'm just going to take my idea and get it done in the next few weeks, the next month, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be perfect. You can always change it along the way, but just getting something done. And I'm even going through and kind of looking through my journey and, and figuring out, okay, I have to be able to actually put this um, into more of an actual format, more of a little course or a little you yeah. know, ebook or something, because I want to help people. Um, but it doesn't help people nearly as much if I have um, people asking me all of the same question and I have to spend my time, you know, answering that same specific question. I can do it much better if I just write it all out in a book and people can read it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I totally think people would buy that. You should really do that. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm getting on it. Everyone in the, uh, the uh, community is kind of of that same mindset. So once you're in that mindset um, with other people, it's you start to realize, okay, it's not so crazy that mm -hmm. I actually have the skills and the talent to produce something that people will want to buy a hundred percent and isn't it lovely that a community of people have encouraged you as well to believe in yourself that you could do something like that it's it's absolutely incredible um where it, people you know myself uh you know especially just feeling like okay well what value am i really able to bring to people and thinking well nothing may come of this, but let me go ahead and just post some things on LinkedIn. Yeah. And over time, people saying, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. You're encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, you're a great pre presence in the platform. And of course, you know, being able to go and, and tell some, some other people the same thing, but it's, you were talking about mental health earlier. And um, it, I would say, if you want to improve your mental health, um, I'm not a professional, but if you wanted to ditch every other social media platform, and just get on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, I don't think it would be the worst choice in the world because it's just a very encouraging place. It really is. There's some of the kindest people I've ever met on that platform, and I would actively encourage people to do the same. Okay, I have a question for you because I oh. saw it on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And I want to know about um, Solunation. Oh, I didn't think anybody had seen that yet. Yeah, well, you, I think you had posted it maybe just recently, yeah. and it says um, something kind of mysterious about coming soon, look out for this, and, and yeah. I just wanted to see what, what's that all about? Um, I'm not going to give you all the details because it is quite secretive at the moment. Oh, it is quite secretive. It is quite okay. secretive, um, but it is a great story, actually, and a great question to ask me because, funnily enough, it all comes back to LinkedIn. Um, so there is a really wonderful lady who is now my friend called Kit Sutton, who is incredible on LinkedIn and has 
been a job seeker herself and has supported other job seekers um, by her her LinkedIn post to the point where recruiters ask her if she wants to be a recruitment consultant all of the time. Um, But Kit and I bonded. I can't even remember what the post was that she commented on, but we started talking to each other in DMs and then had a Zoom coffee that turned into me and Kit being the best of friends. And I think I talked to her and messaged her more than my boyfriend, to be honest. Like we are talking all of the time. And we've got very, very similar thoughts on lots of different things, but certainly when it comes to recruitment practices um, and also discrimination in employment and anything right from the start of somebody joining a business and the recruitment cycle to somebody leaving or retiring, that kind of cradle to grave full life cycle of working for a business. We just think that there's so much that can be improved. So we are building a platform at the moment that will help create the future of work. Okay. I felt like that was some information right there. Um, (laughs) So hopefully you didn't reveal more than you were supposed to. Do you have any kind of idea on when that might kind of start to take more fruition? Um, We're really early days with it. So um, Kit and I could talk for hours and have a million ideas. So um, it's, it's all, um, it's, it's early stages. We're at the point where we're actually putting together a prototype. Um, and then because it's quite a technical platform that we'll need to build, we're going to have to get some VC funding. So um, really wow. early stages, but um, it could be an incredibly exciting thing if we can get it off the ground. You, uh, because, I, because I'm able to see you on this Zoom profile, um, the Zoom video, you look absolutely bonkers excited. <laughs> I am. Um, I am. Yeah, that sounds like an incredible project. For me, there's a lot that is wrong about the way that people are treated in companies or the way people are treated in the recruitment process. And I care about that so much because I care about people and I see how wrong it is. And there's this gray area between what's legal and what's right. Mm -hmm. And that gray area in between gets touched so often when you work for businesses and I've been at the brunt of this um working for companies where I've not been treated fairly and it is my absolute passion so I am so excited because I honestly think that it could it could change the world a little bit wow wow that's so so cool that you were able to take um some negative experiences that you Mm. have not been treated very well in a company and instead of getting bitter and, and maybe you were, you know, angry for a short period of time, but you were able to take that and say, let me, let me take this, what I know and, and use it for, for the better. Mm. Um, I've been in some terrible jobs myself, not, you know, don't be looking over my LinkedIn because, you (laughs) you know, find it, but with, uh, just how people can be treated, um, even what's technically legal of how you can treat Mm. someone, um, but just being knowing that there's someone out there who's looking out for employees that um, that you care enough about them to make sure that everyone is treated fairly and equally is um, is pretty exciting. It's very exciting. And I actually I love that you found that, Sam, and I shared that. I wasn't going to say anything, but I love that you asked. Well, it was so mysterious. I had to ask <laughs> just kind of those trailing dots. Uh, at the bottom of it, I was like, all right, well, what is this? Cause I tried clicking on it and I couldn't find out anything about the company. Yeah. And so uh, that's great to have. I, I, knowing you, I bet you have other projects in mind too, that you're not, you know, revealing to the world, but uh, 
Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Before we go, then, because I've already stolen so much of your time, um, what would be your top three tips for somebody starting their journey on LinkedIn? Um, posting consistently is a big one. Um, if you're posting, I would say at least three times, but hopefully three or four times a week. Um, that's huge. People have a very short time span, you know, and memory on, um, on LinkedIn. Um, so if, if they're seeing your name pop up enough times, like I said, people send me connection requests because they say, I've just seen you pop up so many times. Yeah. If you're only popping up once a week, somebody could easily forget, you know, who you were, who you are week to week. Yeah. Um, I, I am huge. Number two, I'm huge on sending personalized connection requests. Like I said, now I only send out personalized connection requests. I don't send out any um, just kind of one shot um, connection requests. And that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, you want to show everyone you're connecting with that you absolutely value them as a person, that they're worth the time of you sending a personalized connection request. And then number two, it helps establish a frame of, ref a frame of reference for when you're going back through your own connections. So now occasionally I'll accept invitations from people who don't send a personalized invitation um, request just because maybe um, I've kind of seen them around or something. But then even then I'll send them a message to make sure that when I'm looking back through those connections and I'm thinking, why did we connect in the first place? I know why, I know what our connection was. And I think that's a really um, important thing to kind of look after. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then number three, um, being an encouraging and genuine person on the platform. Um, everyone on, on social, not everyone, but people on social media for the most part are trying to show themselves as this perfect person. And people quite honestly are tired of it. Mm -hmm. They want something real. They want something raw. They want something authentic. And it's one of those things where if, if you are being that person where you're saying, I'm going to let people have a glimpse of my life. I'm going to encourage people and just be a genuine presence on the platform. It, it builds with you over time. You can go to sleep at night and not have to worry about, well, I technically, I lied to everyone about my life today <laughs> or something like that. Um, and it, and it works with you over time because people want it are wanting to offer you jobs or um, maybe new opportunities like this podcast. Yeah. Um, if, if you're not being authentic on your posts, which you can't, you can be inauthentic on your post because you're literally just typing something up. Mm -hmm. It's, it, you're not going to be able to hold on to that lie forever. Yeah. If, if you're getting offered to come onto a podcast with someone, you're not going to be able to, you know, to, to just kind of, you know, bowl your way through an entire hour or something of talking with yeah. another person. And eventually you're going to get caught and it's going to destroy your entire brand. Mm -hmm. So be authentic. I love that. Those three tips are incredible. And I've enjoyed this chat so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. A huge thank you to Sam. I learned so much listening to you and I just love your genuine and kind approach to everything that you do. Best of luck in your new job, but I know you're going to be absolutely amazing. 
Next week, we have another incredible guest and I can't wait to share our chat. You can listen first by subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your usual podcast platform. Thanks to Sam, to Matt Walker, who does the amazing productions on these podcasts. And of course, you, my listeners. See you next week.